It was so much easier when they were little, wasn't it? Now they're teens and the stakes are higher. I'm Fern Weiss, Parent Empowerment Coach. Welcome to the Back to Basics for Parenting Teens podcast. Join me for skills that work, guest experts, and new perspectives to help you navigate the teen years and confidently prepare your child to thrive at life. With communication skills, relationship building, boundaries, and self-care, it's never too late to turn things around, and you don't have to do it alone. We're in this together because it takes a village to raise parents, too. If you have any parenting concerns, please contact me at fern at fernweiss.com. This week's conversation is with my colleague, Judy Graybill, who is a step family coach. And um, this just goes so perfectly with what I do because we're just talking about coaching families in the end. Um, So Judy, okay, so we're very close on that. So Judy, why don't you introduce yourself? And I just wanna ask you one question as part of that introduction. A lot of coaches, myself included, we choose what we're going to coach around because of our personal experiences. And for me, it was all the craziness of the teen years. What brought you to Step Family Coaching? Well, thank you. And thank you for having me too, Fern. So I'm a certified Step Family Coach, and I also call myself a relationship healer because in the end, it's really about the relationship between the parents. And yes, parenting is big on that. Uh, But with step families, without that biological bond, you have that differences in how people parent. And in the end, what helps that the most is the relationship between the parents. So um, we'll get into that a little bit more, especially with parenting aspect of it. Uh, But how I got here is really so I have a twofold um, story. My parents divorced as a child and I grew up in a divorced household. Now my mom did not marry somebody else, but my dad was her second marriage. So she had kids from her first marriage when she married my dad. And even though those sisters were out of the household by the time I came along, I heard a lot of stories of how that went or rather how it didn't go. There was a lot of arguments. And so I, in that sense, I was raised in the step family, but I didn't connect it to anything related to step families or step family dynamics. Honestly, I thought my dad, I hate to say it, but I just thought he was a jerk. You know what I heard. Now that's not how he was with us kids though. Like with my sisters and I, Uh, He was a really good father. Um, But after my parents got divorced, both of my parents dated again. Mm -hmm. And I really liked my mom's boyfriend, but I actually hated my dad's girlfriend. And I didn't connect that until many years later when, as an adult, I got into a relationship with a man who had kids from a previous relationship. And so, um, so my formal degrees are in psychology and sociology and my, and my education has been around family dynamics. So like I had a book understanding of what relationship dynamics were, 
the effects of divorce on children. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew what I was getting myself into. I was a child of the divorce. So I feel like I felt, I felt like I, I knew intellectually what I was getting yeah. myself into, yeah. but after we moved in together and we dated for a year, like just all the arguments broke out and it was constant tension. And so I kind of felt blindsided. And this is what I hear a lot from stepmoms. So our, our situation was very dysfunctional and we did eventually get a um, counselor, a, a relationship counselor, but she wasn't able to help. And the reason why is because she didn't have any knowledge of step family dynamics. And we didn't look for a counselor that had knowledge in step family dynamics because we didn't know that that was our problem. You and you were coming into this in spite of your book learning, you were coming into this from the perspective of a child. That yes. was your experience. And now you're facing it as a step parent, completely different ballgame. Yes. And I didn't have child of, uh, children of my own. I still don't. Mm -hmm. So like learning how to be a parent on the fly with somebody else's kids and all of those dynamics are already in play. All of those patterns, all of the things that, that you learn as a parent from day one on how, what your kids need and what the sounds mean, what the behaviors mean. All of that is stuff you learn as a parent from day one, mm -hmm. but as a step parent without children of your own and coming into it, you're like just thrown into the mix. So yeah, you have all of that happening. So my situation didn't work out and that left me very confused because we were, I do feel like he genuinely loved me just as much as I loved him. So that was never our problem, but I did have a lot of resentment issues and anger issues. And so then when I found the step family foundation, like all of these lights went off in my head and I was able to start connecting the dots about what really was happening. And that's how my passion for being a step family coach was born because with the knowledge, with the book knowledge that I had and the experiential knowledge I had as a child, and I still felt blindfolded or blindsided, I mean, blindfolded works too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared even when I thought I was. So therefore, that's why I wanted to become a coach because right. I'm like, I wanted to save other people from what I went through. Like sure. our relationship didn't work out, but I don't want other people to go through that divorce. I don't want other people to go through that separation. I want to help them before they get to that. Sure. They and don't to help, have to go through that. Yeah. And to help the children. Yes. And I, right. Because yes. now this becomes generational. Yes. If we don't address it. And I also imagine that for people who are going into a blended family or a step family, even if each partner has children of their own, the role of step parent is unlike anything they've experienced yes right so they may know their own children's triggers and and likes and dislikes but now you're coming into other people's children and other people's children who have gone through the trauma of divorce even if it's an amicable one yes yes yeah. and that's where a lot of people get tripped up because it's like i 
like if they have kids of their own, they're like, I, I know how to be a parent. So I think I know what I'm doing and my parenting works for my kids. And then you're trying to blend with somebody who has very different parenting styles. And it's like, what's going on here? And so sometimes what happens is like, they blame the other, you're not being a good parent. And and even though that's not what they're really saying, right? But that's how it's received. This is what I do with my kids and this works. But what you're doing with your kids is not working. (laughs) I'm working with my kids, working with their kids. I mean, and we come up with all kinds of reasons on why that is. Yeah. I imagine even if they had similar parenting styles, which they probably wouldn't because we are attracted to certain people for a reason. Right. We tend to go to the same kind of person time after time, unless we've really done a lot of work on ourselves. But let's say they're even have similar parenting styles. It's not their children. So what's the baggage that these kids are bringing into it and the resistance that they're going to have to listen to the other parent, even if it's a familiar style. So it it really is a new landscape. You talk a lot about like where where kids are resistant to their own parents and they don't Mm -hmm. want to listen to their own parents. So then you compound that with some other adult telling them what to do. And then that other adult is telling their parents um, what they should do differently. And if the kids see that fighting going on, Mm. how they process that is my step parent doesn't like me. That's how they process it. And, and sometimes that's how the biological parent, you know, takes it too that they don't like me. So then the kids are thinking something's wrong with them and how the parents act or react to them or act or react to the other, to their spouse, you know, that lends either more conflict or not, but they're coming to me because it's lending into more conflict. Right. So thank you for all that background information and that what we do is really so similar because my philosophy is that parenting is about the parents, right? We can't control after a certain age, we can't control what our children do. So it's up to us to figure out how we are going to, to understand ourselves what gets us going and spiraling and then how we're going to relate to our children who in my case with working with parents of teens tweens and young adults it's chaos up there even on a good day it's chaos in there you're you're always make you feel like you're making it up as you go and that's also what i want to help work on from my own experience is okay i went through some really rough stuff Here's what I learned. Here's what I see is helping people. Um, we have to work on you. Yes, we're looking for results in the kids, but we've got to work on your mindset and your skills to, to manage your own emotions. Right? All the things that you want for your children are the things that you, we have to be working on in ourselves if we're going to make that stick. Right. And and so do you find that a lot of that comes from like inner fears of what their kids are going to go through? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I believe that there are two, the two top emotions are love and fear. And very often love 
or fear is masquerading as love. We say we're doing things out of love for our children. And yet sometimes the most loving thing that we can do doesn't feel very loving. If we're keeping that big picture in mind of who we want our kids to be one day, how, how we want them to show up in the world, then sometimes we have to do things that feel tough. And that's why I call it tough love is for the parents. It's hard for us. We just want peace. We want our kids to be happy. We want to be happy. And so sometimes we give in or we give up and it's creating more of the thing we don't want to see in our kids, the resistance, the enabling, the the spoiled attitude about life, right? And, And the helplessness that they sometimes learn when we do too much for them. Right. And, and I, and what I've noticed is that is that what you just described is amplified after a first divorce, because Mm -hmm. then, because a parents are taking on a lot of that guilt for what their kids go through. Like there is, there is a knowing and an acknowledgement of the emotional aspect of that divorce and what it did to the kids. Mm-hmm. And then so that they take on that guilt and they want to overcompensate. So a lot of times, like one of the things that came to mind as you were speaking is the holiday parent, right? The, the parent who, because like you said, they want peace. They want, they don't want to argue. And this did come up in my personal situation because I do remember before we moved in together, before I moved in with my boyfriend, um, and he and I never did get married, but, but anyways, I remember him telling me that he didn't want to discipline his son during their time together. This should have been a red flag for me, but like mm-hmm. I said, I was very naive and I didn't understand, but I remember him telling me that he's like, so they had, he had been divorced or separated for like a few years. I think it was like three years at that point. He's like, I don't have very much time with my son. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, yeah. and during that time that I spend with him, I, I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. So mm-hmm. he became that holiday parent. And like when we moved in together, it, it wasn't that bad when they had joint custody. It, well, basically main custody was with his ex, with, mm-hmm. with the kid's mom. But then it switched after a year into it, which is very common in step families. And then his son came full-time with us, but my, my boyfriend was always the holiday parent. And then his mom became the holiday parent too, because she didn't want to argue with her son. So the kid was not getting any discipline. And uh, some of the families that come to me are not that dysfunctional. It echoes the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like parents who are operating from that guilt and being that holiday parent, and they don't want to discipline. I get it. Um, limited time. Let's let's just create happy memories, and the big picture gets lost. So I talk about big picture, small steps. Right? We we can't mold that person overnight, but there are small things that we can do without it always comes back down to the, the way we communicate about things, right? And, and how we control our emotions around those things. So having that vision, one of the things that I do with parents when they start to work with me is we do a values assessment and then we turn that into a vision statement for our kids. 
And here's a tip, and maybe this can be helpful for you when, when the parents are talking about specifically about the children, is to say 10, 20 years down the road, how do you hope your children are gonna show up in the world? So it might be my child is in healthy relationships, has a good work ethic and knows how to be a team player. Um, my child has a good sense of humor and is generous and kind and all that. And then when a situation comes up or has passed and you want to evaluate how it went, you ask yourself, is what I'm about to say or do or what I said or did, is that contributing towards that vision or is it hindering and breaking it down? Yeah, I love and that, that gives you a real bellwether, a real um, foundation on which to base some of your decisions. It's not easy, but if we can take the long view that way, we're really doing a, a service to our kids. Yeah, I love that you said that because what's funny is that um, I one of the things I do with clients is I help them create a family mission statement. And values is one of the first steps. So mm-hmm. we, yeah, we do look at that. The challenge is like they need to get over the hump of what they're arguing about the most before yes. they can yes. even discuss a family mission statement. There's a lot of fighting for that. And the other extreme of the permissive parenting is the authoritarian. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that I come across and, and um, I would love to get your, um, I guess, thought process on how you work with uh, parents if they're too strict. So like, have you come across parents that are too strict? Because sometimes that's what I get too, is parents who adopt the step-parents really authoritarian style, whereas like the kids need more consequences. So there's been a few times where I've had uh, couples that are come to me where the kid is literally always in trouble, always. Yeah. And if, yeah. and if they're always in trouble, they're always grounded. They're always, and the, and the parents just can't come up with enough consequences. Uh, one of the things right. I encourage them to do is like, maybe you might want to lighten up on those consequences, reward them, reward the kids for the things they're doing right. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, kids it's that are idea not processing, I'm, I'm a bad yes. kid. It's the idea of catch them being good or doing something good. And I don't know how, that there have to be rewards for those things, although maybe in the situations you're talking about, it might be a good way to start to, to just get some buy-in. But the, the authoritarian, disciplinarian parent is really the one who has the issue about control. And then we get back to the fear. If I don't do these things, then my kid's going to be out of control and their life is just going down the tubes. We see how that backfires. Yeah. So working with parents on that, you have to ask yourself, what is my child learning from this? Yeah. From these punishments, because punishments and consequences, they can be interpreted a little bit differently. But what is my child learning from this? Are they learning how to lie better? Are they learning how to get around the rules and not get caught? Right, yeah. Are they learning to be resistant and rebellious and and just to take it out on us because they feel powerless? 
it's the way that most of us know. Yes. So even if we're not getting the results, it's our default, right? It's our programming to go right back to that. And yet it's most of the time it's not working. So what I suggest is that we start having conversations about things. We, it's our job to help our children become aware of themselves yes. and their motivations and their emotions. So if we can have a conversation after, first of all, we have to restrain ourselves, right? Right, yes. Parents have to restrain themselves from laying down the law and adding one consequence after another and one rule after another. So sometimes, and that's a, an art in itself, yeah. about <laughs> stepping back and saying nothing or saying, you know what, this is escalating, let's just take a break and come back to this when we're a little bit calmer. Once that's, that routine is established of disengaging, then it's about the conversation that says, look, that didn't go the way I hoped it would. Um, and I'm not understanding what was really going on. Yes. Or tell me more about that situation. Help me understand. Might there be a consequence? Absolutely. But you might change your mind after you hear it. And if your right. child is contrite and has, has, I won't even say legitimate reasons for doing it because that's a judgment call, but we have to allow them their feelings. You and I know very well, and I personally about me, if I don't express my feelings, not necessarily to the person I was involved with, but just have some way to vent them, it settles inside the body and I am miserable to the point where sometimes I can't even remember what was going on. All I know is I'm really unhappy. And that 20 years down the road, what will my child's relationships look like if they go into them feeling powerless and that they either have to be people pleasers or they have to push back on everything. So again, I'm going to the big picture, but the small step is what's going on? Talk to me. Oh, I don't know. Well, I think you're the only one who does. Help me understand. This isn't about punishment. This is about helping me understand. But that's a big mindset shift. Yes. Um, or, or like we have to reprogram or deprogram ourselves. It's hard work, but it pays off. Yeah. And it's going to pay off in all your relationships, including the one with your co-parent. A lot of what I say is like, we have, we don't have an explanation. Like a lot of times communication, people think that it's an explanation problem. I'm not explaining it right. Mm -hmm. Well, are you listening? We have a listening right. problem is really what the problem is. I adopt a lot of Stephen Covey's sayings. Okay. And one of the things yeah. he says is listen with the intent to understand. Yes. And, and if we do that, we listen with the intent to understand whether it's our kids or our spouse, then the communication goes a lot better because a lot of times when we're trying to, we're trying to communicate and explain our perspective and we think whether it's our child or our spouse, we think that we just need to explain it differently. We need mm -hmm. to find the right words. Yes. But a lot of times we're not meeting them at the place that they're at yeah. we think they're someplace else and so we're trying to talk to at them at a place that they're not instead of talking with them in a two-way conversation mm -hmm. and that is a huge yeah. shift yeah 
And you can do this with children of any age. This isn't just with teenagers, right? Based on their, their verbal abilities and processing abilities at the time. But for those who are listening to this, write down that Stephen Covey quote. Would you repeat it, please? Listen with the intent to understand. Thank you. And if you think about your best friends, the people that you confide in, what is it that we all love about our friends? They listen. They go, mm-hmm. oh, and then <laughs> just those little one word things that's, that give the message, I'm listening, keep talking. Yeah. Right. I'm not fixing. I'm not judging. I'm not critiquing. I'm listening. So I love that. Yeah. Right. And that changes the entire dynamic of, of the, the conversation in the space because you're holding that space of non-judgment and compassion. Yes. And just it's it just changes the energy. I mean, because a lot of our communication is also nonverbal. So yes. We, oh yes. And we don't even realize that because if we're going into the conversation already mad, then mm-hmm. that actually the other person is feeling that anger and resentment and their walls are already going up and they're not going to open up to you. So I think that that's another thing that a lot of mm-hmm. parents need to like think about because it goes back to what you said about recognizing our own emotions and how it's sitting with us, right? So when we're introspective and we can do that with ourselves, regardless of whether it's with our kids or with our spouse, mm-hmm. we check in with ourselves and I'm like, okay, maybe I need to take a time out. Maybe I need to go let off some steam. Maybe I need to process some things before I have that conversation. Yes. Yes. And that's, I was going to add that if you didn't, uh, that idea that you cannot fix a problem when your emotions are churning. Yeah. And you cannot fix the problem when the other person is feeling out of control as well. Yeah. So this goes back to take a break, disengage or don't engage at all, or say, you know what, let's come back to this a little bit later. I really want to talk to you. I really want to hear what you have to say. But my frame of mind right now is not a good one to have a calm, loving and understanding conversation. The things you said that I just want to say again, which I think is important, is recognizing if the other person is in that space or not. Because mm-hmm. I think that's also where a lot of people get tripped up. They, they, they're, sometimes they're not recognizing when the other person is, is still in that, um, what the psychologists call the reptilian mind, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. The primitive know. brain, the one that's yeah. all emotion and no thought. <laughs> right, yeah. Because yeah. they can't process either what we're saying if they're still in that space. So, I mean, it really is a two-way. And it, those are, I think we said a lot of profound things today. <laughs> we did, we did. I mean, they sound simple, but... Um, doing them and we have to practice those. Those are stuff that we have to practice on ourselves Mm -hmm. like daily. And I know just from my own personal experience, when I've been trying to change the dynamics of my relationships, it really came down to how it it, it came down to practice. I had to continually practice that Mm -hmm. over a long period of time to actually really change it. And I, and I think a lot of people also, I'm just going to do this and it's going to shift 
and then it's going to suddenly get better. It's actually a lot of times it's a smaller shift. It's a small oh, yes. process. Yes. And if we can approach it as small pieces, we'll be much more likely to be successful at them. So I think we're coming close to time. I'd like to ask you one, well, a couple of questions. Number one, can you leave us with, let's say, two tips for step parenting? Some really fundamental things that people could implement rather simply. Um, I would say the number one thing is try, instead of thinking of yourself as another parent, think of yourself as like a mentor or a role model. Okay. Like trying to think of yourself as more of walking and modeling how you want to be as opposed to telling people how to be that the that would go i think a long way with regard to step parenting um and the other thing is i would say work on your relationship with your spouse more first um especially as a step parent coming into a relationship we want we feel it's very important to bond with the stepkids. And I agree that that's important, but that takes time. And one thing that will facilitate that is strengthening your relationship with your partner, being more of a team with your partner. And regardless of what is or is not going on with your kids or the ex-spouse, the more you can work on your relationship with your partner, the the smoother everything else will be because your partner you guys can team up and work on everything so it's i would say those two things are probably the biggest two things that step parents can do well you've just wrapped up two tips for any parents yes. right yes. that's what i love is that yes there are differences but there's so much common ground here and I will just wrap up saying, because you talked about it's not simple. I mean, you said it's simple. Yeah, some things may sound simple and they're not easy, but maybe we can make them less hard. Uh, yes, I love that. I agree. Yeah. Judy, thank you so much. Let's um, take this out with you sharing a couple things about how people can reach you if they want to learn more about step parenting issues. Second second partner relationships. So yeah. my, my website is judygraybill.com. That's J-U-D-Y-G-R-A-Y-B as in boy, I-L-L.com. I have a couple of freebies on there. Uh, so just go to the tab that says free stuff, couple of eBooks, and I'm putting up a new team uh, toolbox. Um, and I'm very active on Instagram. And I actually recently started a segment on Block Talk Radio, Real Talk About Real Relationships. So those are the nice. best ways to find me right now. Okay, and uh, I will provide the, the link to your website in comments wherever this video or audio is showing up. Thank you so much for being my guest. I'd love to have you back and really dive into another aspect of step parenting. I would love that. And this was a lovely conversation. I really enjoyed talking with you. Bernie. Thank you. Same here. Definitely. Goodbye, everybody. 
For more information on parenting programs and coaching, visit fernweiss.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Connected Moms and Teens. Hope to see you there.